Recording? We're recording. <gasps> I didn't say my thing that I normally say. I think you need to yeah. say the thing. I think without it's saying. exciting. <laughs> there you go. Um, so welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for returning to our podcast. Yes, we do appreciate the... Um, the, the, the interest yeah and support and support exactly um, and even if it's only three of you one yes. of them possibly being my mother <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. i'm still pretty happy with that's that. okay we've got listeners yeah, yeah. plural listeners <laughs> yeah that's that's all i yeah. care about um so this is our second installment yes in our uh life lessons in literature series yeah. slash podcast um and i think yeah i'm hoping that people who have listened to the first one yeah just know that generally this is we're really just having some fun here. This is yeah. not we are not I just want to preface to this. We're massive not disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> massive well, disclaimer. We are, but you know. But like we're not we're not academics. We're not uh we're not like super we know we have it we have well, an we academic are kind interest. Of academics. We are yeah. We have academic qualifications. We sure do. But I just want to make a difference between like I'm not a you we're know. not university people. Yeah, I'm not a literature like official. No, like we don't people, write textbooks. And people we don't, are not coming no. to us for like really deep, insightful no. analysis. Really, what we're trying to do here is just have some fun and yeah. uh, and with, chat about some books, the little bits and pieces that we know. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. don't judge us too harshly. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> is that what this disclaimer yeah. is? It's just like, <laughs> please be nice. Yeah, that's yeah. what we do. And if we get stuff wrong. I should say when we get stuff wrong. Oh, yeah, because I already have got many same, things wrong. Same, <laughs> um, Then, you know, feel free to let us know. Yeah. Um, because, you know. Well, no one's perfect. We're no not one's perfect. perfect and, and this yeah. generally this is just yeah. us having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So we thought this week we'll do Shakespeare's Blokes. Yes. And it's it's a very Australian kind of. Um, <laughs> take on the bar. Take on the bar. Yeah. Um. But we figured it was kind of nice. Now, we're not always going to be doing like Austin and Shakespeare. I know. We so. have started a very classic yeah. trend, but, but we, we will, will go progress. 21st, 20th century type of a deal next episode. Yeah. We'll yeah. change it up. We will change it up. Um, Give us a chance. Yeah. Although <laughs> Ellie has ruled out doing uh, Fifty Shades. I have. I've put my foot down. And, and I, I want to, I'm going to stamp all over that suggestion because there's no way that I'm tarnishing whatever this is with the... I feel bad that I've even read oh, that. Oh, I just... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just not, so I've dropped not getting on board. I think I... I honestly think I read maybe like a paragraph of that. I'm really? Was, you I'm, must be the only I woman just, in the Western world. Oh, I was just awful. 50. Well, I just thought there's no point wasting my time and my brain cells on something that is this. But you trashy. don't need to waste your brain cells on it. That's I know, but you, you also can't talk because you're a you're a married at first sight fan. So that again, is true. And again, I'm probably going to alienate at least half of the three listeners that we have. But I'm just saying that yeah. you know, I'm not so, trusting your judgment when it comes to no, high culture. Don't, don't. <laughs> I, I look. I appreciate low culture. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody should, and I do as well. Like I do love this and Bachelor any day of the week. But are you going to watch the Love Island? I am so. Oh, I'm so <laughs> into that Paradise shenanigans. Paradise, yeah. Just going to be. I mean, Andrew or Osher Gunsberg has got the best job. Ah, uh, it is honestly just going to be like the trashiest, isn't it? Trashy thing you've ever seen, and it's yeah. going to be fabulous. And there's going to be a proposal. Oh no, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, which will be totally not orchestrated or made up not by at all. the producers at Absolutely all. Absolutely, very real. natural, very normal, <laughs> very real. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> But we're going to switch gear now yes, and yeah. talk, about, talk about possibly the highest of high culture that is Shakespeare. Yep. Yeah. So, but we will come back to low culture mm. points, we promise. Yeah. All right. So we thought, because it's Shakespeare's bloke, so what would we, we picked out, well, and when I say we, I mean Ellie, who was actually way more organised with these sorts of things than I am. I just I'm more to of be a, a little bit more city of your pants kind of a girl. <laughs> 
Ellie's like, no, and she sent me notes and, and picked out three um, men that, that frankly are kind of fabulous in their own rights for all sorts of reasons, good and bad. So we're going to do Othello, Macbeth and Hamlet. Mm. Yeah. And the, I think I think what we wanted to kind of do with the with our Shakespeare dudes um, is maybe a little bit of opposite of what we did with, with Austen's women yeah. and Austen's characters. Um, a lot of these lovely male characters are yeah. going to be very much a what not to do yeah. lesson. So yeah. I think a lot of, I think the reason that I picked out these three um, <laughs> figures is because all of them being tragic heroes or, you know, tragic uh, villains in some cases yeah. as well, um, are all really a very strong oh. fable in how things can go horribly wrong. <laughs> really quickly. Very quickly. When you don't <laughs> think about things. Ooh. Yeah. Some real, like, oh my bad stuff can yeah. happen. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to start with Othello. Mm. Um, and just, can I just do a little bit of a shout out? Because I was thinking about this this morning. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's podcast day. Yay. Um, <laughs> and thinking about how we went to the pop-up globe. Yes, in Melbourne. In Melbourne. Mm. And how, if it comes back, we are totally going oh, again. Oh, we're absolutely going again. Um, but if you are at any point in the world where I'm not sure where they're going now, where are they going Well, now? I think they're a New Zealand-based company, uh, so I think they, they're returning to New they Zealand. To New Zealand? Yeah. I think they are to um, rehearse and do and the next slide. come back? I think so. Oh, okay. So if you're in the Australian vicinity mm. uh, towards the end of the year, I would suggest you get on a plane and come down to Melbourne, partly because it's a nice city, but partly because the pop-up <laughs> globe. And this put Shakespeare in a whole different oh, context. It was so just brilliant. So good. Mm. And we saw, did we see Othello? We saw Othello. Yes, um, I'm so good. I can't and, remember. What. And much to do. It was nothing, much to do, which was hilarious, uh, which was great. But yeah, just to be in yeah. in a, in a space where yeah. Shakespearean plays would have originally been performed. Yes. Um, and I've been lucky enough to go to like I say the actual Globe in the UK, but technically yeah. it got burnt down and rebuilt, yeah. so it's not really. But still, yeah. um, the but replacement real the re replacement for the original yeah. Globe that we broke. Yeah. Um, but but. Seeing it in the oh. round or seeing it in that kind yeah. of... Um, Standing. Yeah, yeah, very personal atmosphere where you're all kind of packed in together yeah. just totally gives it a different oh. life and a different meaning. So if you've ever sat in, a, in an English class, and let's be honest, most of us have, where you're just reading from the text and you're like, oh, kill me now. now. <laughs> where is that poison? Yeah. Is this a dagger? Yeah, because I'd like one now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it will completely change your perception of it. So we did actually, as I as Ellie quite rightly pointed out, we did actually go and see Othello um, at the end of last year. It was fab. Um, and so there are some general points. So there's three points, essentially, or four points that I think kind of Othello raises. So the first mm -hmm. one is be careful of those around you, that appearances are deceptive, and that you don't need to listen to gossip. Yeah. All very good life lessons, Really good I think. life lessons. Yeah. Mm. I mean, don't, you know, appearances are deceptive. Yeah. Oh, I think... Um, Snake in the grass. I think of any character, I think yeah. definitely um, Iago is the epitome of, yes. like, your two-faced yeah. um, villain. And we've all known people like that. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So it's why I think that play continues to resonate yeah. with modern audiences because everybody recognises... Yeah that kind of character and yeah. recognises that kind of villain and, and, you know, that idea of appearances being deceptive, which yeah. is something we touched on in, in Austin's work yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, that is just, it's just a really common yeah. trait that you have. And it goes back, and I said this in the last podcast as well, it's that Maya Angelou thing, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. And Iago does. And Othello, you're like, oh, my God, could you be that stupid? <laughs> there are times where you just sort of like, you are so blind. Yes. 
by your own insecurities and your own ego and the need to kind of be the man that he just kind of overlooks all of that um, completely. But I think, and then the next point, I'm so doing this wrong, but work with us here. Um, <laughs> a friend isn't always a friend. The idea of the frenemy. Yes, I think, <laughs> and like you said, possibly the original frenemy, yeah. I feel. Who could have, I mean, because I can't think of anyone else that potentially could have been I'm a sure, well, frenemy. I, mean, I guess, sure well, there is. the other connection yeah. is that Shakespeare's, a lot of Shakespeare's tragedies in particular are based yeah. on um, that idea of, you know, the Greek tragedy yeah. trope. Yeah. So I'm sure in Greek literature there are probably some as well, I'm and sure in other cultures too. Yeah. But I definitely think your classic frenemy, yeah. you know, yeah. idea yeah. is definitely the Iago and Iago. Uh, Othello he's relationship. So, he's so wrong, but... But captivating to watch. One of the most interesting characters mm -hmm. to watch. And I think even now if you watched things on TV or movies today, there are still elements of this kind of character that that come all the way through, you know. Can't think of one off the top of my head, but there are. But, but there's um, yeah. yeah, many, many of them, and I <laughs> they're definitely out there. But yeah. I just can't think. Can't of one think right of one right now. Again, yeah. Uh, all the research in the world still can't think. Of still you. can't think of one. <laughs> Basically, your research, and I'm really sorry. No, no, no. I You're haven't doing brought anything job. to the table. Doing really a great job. You have. You have like serious points to say. Oh yes, but you know they could be so much better. <laughs> um, all right, and the last one I've got is partnering up with someone new can cause tension in old friendships. Oh, yes, which is exactly what happens yeah. to both. Because um, really, you know, if you look at Othello as a play, it's actually the presence of Desdemona and, yeah. and like, their relationship as a couple that really kind of, yeah, yeah. causes most of the friction. Because, you know, she comes between the mates. She does. And, you know, it's, you know, it's the Shakespearean equivalent of, the girlfriend disrupting the Saturday afternoon football. Isn't it? I love that analogy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah except we'll just swap in um, some military That's you know, exactly promotion. For, rather than going down the to AFL. for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> to watch fine. the footy. Yeah. It's like, oh, so now you're going to a shopping centre to sit outside and you know go shopping with the girlfriend type of a deal. Yeah. You know? But again, I think part of the you know, the criticism of Othello is a lot is very much based on the fact that he's now besotted by his yes. new wife. Yeah. Um, and that idea of, of, which, you know, is a very Shakespearean kind of quality of the time, but that idea of being kind of, yeah, unmanly or yeah. demasculinized, that's not a word, by <laughs> yeah. your your woman in your life. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. You, not being blokey your, enough. Not being blokey enough. I mean, there are many crude kind of expressions, so basically you can. <laughs> fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, <laughs> but you, it is. It's sort of like someone comes along. And I think women do this too. I think women also, when they hook up with somebody new, quite often will go so far into their relationship with the new person that they actually forget that they've got friends. Yes. And it's that total thing of, of not yeah. being able to balance the new relationship yeah. and the old friends. Which I get. Like, it's, it's you know, it happens. Mm. But then at some point it's the, it's the pulling back and realising that you've actually got other people still in your life. That's right. You know. But I guess the other part of Iago's kind of, um, bitterness yeah. towards Othello is is the fact that he was not promoted, you know, over his over over um, is it Cass Cassio? Cassio, thank yeah. you. Yes. Um. So part of it is just oh. you know his own personal. Oh yeah, ego. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I also think that there is there is some sort of homoerotic subtext that runs through. Really? That. Oh, oh I were you going to do like a queer reading? I just Look feel at you like go. there is, and I just sort of think, and I, 
perhaps, and I'm going out on a limb here, I think a lot of men kind of feel like they're mates, and I'm obviously not a man, so, you know. I'm sort <laughs> I'll, of I'll forgive you for that. Yeah. That's okay. I'm reading this from, you know, clearly an uninformed perspective. <laughs> the idea that sort of like, no, he's mine. Yes. That sense of possession, like mm. he's mine. And, and there is a lot of possessiveness in the play as well yeah. in terms of who is possessed, well, even like the possession of handkerchief, yeah. which does undoes the whole play. Yeah. But the, the idea of being a possession yeah. and also being possessive yeah. really drives a heck of a lot of the action. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I really like the point we were talking about before with, um, you know, that idea that Shakespeare as a writer, one of the reasons I think that he has been so... Um, well, continued to be so successful and is such a, an integral part of all literary kind of Western literature um, is partly because he doesn't, he's not really telling us what to think no. in a lot of ways. Or do. No. So actually his characters, although we can draw out a lot of lessons from them, yeah. he never actually specifically says, you know, this is the moral of the story or this is what you should do or this is what you should do. So he really kind of leaves, and it's in that ambiguity and in that yeah. kind of middle section where we as the audience get to go, well, actually, is it a good idea to do that? And yeah. maybe we should think about this. And yeah. maybe, you know, so that idea of him looking at human nature and human fallibility as mm. well, which is what all three of these characters have in <laughs> so much, so many flaws. Um, it really. But they're real people. They are, and that's There's what no makes them perfect. so interesting. Even Desdemona. Oh, nobody is as this, you know, this yes. beautiful kind of creature. Mm. Even she's she's got flaws. Well, she's not a particular. If you look at, oh, you know, and not. we're going to talk about Macbeth yeah. in a moment. But if you look at her compared to someone like Lady Macbeth, yeah, you know, she's well, we could segue in. That's a that's, beautiful that's segue. Oh, Let's look at there. that! Totally did that on purpose. <laughs> um, but you know, she's Desmond is much more of the passive yes. character as opposed to <sighs> someone like Lady Macbeth, who, for better or worse probably worse because it does end in tragedy, um, you know, is far more active and involved in yeah. the politics and the husband's life and, you know, really kind of drives the action. But she's punished for, for being she's an outspoken punished. woman. But then Desdemona is also punished for not speaking out. exactly right. You so know, either so way, as a woman, women are, you're just punished. That's it. So, so you do nothing and you're punished and you do too much and yeah. you're also punished. So basically I would I would rather take the Lady Macbeth route of doing things. Yeah, and give it a shot. Give it a shot mm. and, you know, go down in burning flames. Then sort of shut up and be the, the quiet, meek, mild mm. woman who, you know, kind of, she ends up dead and, you know, and it's only after she's dead that the husband realises what he's done. And yeah, he's tragic. Sort of like, tragic. Why didn't she call him out earlier? Well, this is the thing. I think but that, then I think he's such a dominating personality that actually if you look at it, it's hard to kind of confront someone with a personality like that because mm. he is quite dangerous. He is and he's quite... You know, um, and maybe that's why he's she quite doesn't. changeable. He's quite a volatile yeah. character. He's so moody. Um, and, and really desperately insecure. Oh, so insecure. Oh my God. Which, you know, Iago plays beautifully. Oh. Um, but, you know, that fact, I think it is Othello's kind of um, his very volatile nature that really is part of his yeah. undoing. Yeah. Um, and that idea, like we talked about. Don't listen to gossip. He is so easily oh, persuaded by the by the slightest of rumors. But then, how did he get to the position that he gets to? And this is this is a, a thing that I wonder just in general life. <laughs> you get people that get into positions of authority in whatever industry that they're in that can function in those, mm. but on a personal level, uh, they're a disaster. Hopeless train wreck is one of my yeah train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> he's a total train wreck. Yeah. Because he can go out and he can lead armies, he can win mm. military battles, and he, goes, if he falls in love with a woman and then suddenly all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah, the woman undoes him so badly. Oh, but he allows himself he to does. be undone. He does, absolutely. You know? 
you just sort of think, yeah. But then, okay, if we're going to segue into Macbeth. If, yes, um, possibly. And again, I'm very aware that we're tackling like three of the biggest names yeah. in all of literature. So again, let's just so go just, with that proviso yeah, again. Just yeah. very, massive disclaimer. Yeah. But we are yeah. going to talk about Macbeth. Yeah. Because you have to. You you can't talk about no. you know, Shakespeare's men and not talk about Macbeth. Who so <laughs> just where do you start? Where really? do you, like, will, just all of the problems. Yeah. Um, but I really think, you know, Macbeth, unlike... Possibly unlike Othello, maybe. Um, he It's really his ambition, perhaps, rather than his yeah. volatile nature, That um, although it is, he is some extent volatile, but maybe not as changeable as Othello. But um, certainly it's his ambition that kind of yeah. undoes him. And also I think I remember reading an article, I think it, while I was doing the research for this podcast, um, <laughs> Because Ellie is I the say that in, well, you I are. say that in no, you are. It's not really that It exciting. was this beautifully laid out document. I'm like, oh my god, I've done nothing. <laughs> well, I just wanted to be prepared. Um, yeah, my little, have little, little, my little, little perfectionist episode. person was coming out again yeah. and being like, be prepared for this. Um, but I read an article about you know what you can learn um, leadership lessons that you can learn <laughs> from Shakespeare's yeah. leading men. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And one of them was about that idea of you know. While ambition is a good quality to have yeah. in pursuit of leadership or yeah. in a leadership role, it should not be your overruling, you know, yeah. motivation. And it certainly shouldn't outstrip your better judgment or your instincts or, you know, just that little voice inside your head that's saying, maybe this is not a good idea. And although Macbeth, he does actually spend, which again, we're going to segue into Hamlet in a moment, about that idea of deliberation. Yeah. And Macbeth does quite a lot of that. Not as much as Hamlet, but certainly But he's enough. veering on the kind of like, he's, he's to the point where it's almost, there's so much introspection there mm. that he can't almost get out of his own way. And I think Hamlet kind of realises that internal train wreck. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think, like, Macbeth shows leadership qualities of what not to do. Oh, yeah. Like, he tells people what to do. He's he's very kind of, he's insecure. He when he, he makes decisions based on very, again, yeah. a bit like Othello. Flimsy. You know, quite flimsy evidence that's yeah. going on here. You know, it's a prophecy from the witches, and then all of a sudden, okay, well, now I have to follow through with this and well, become king. It. And you're going, well, actually, could you spend just a little bit more time thinking about the ramifications of that? That's it. Um, and also, as Banquo also says to him, you know, there's a whole aspect of that prophecy yeah. right at the beginning of the play that Macbeth just totally ignores, yeah. and it doesn't fit his purpose. That's right, and I so think that's got to be take advice. That's got to be the life it. lesson, yeah. isn't it? Because I, it I don't think that you, either as a leader yeah. or just as an individual, I don't think, you know, you can just take. Don't just take the bits of information that suit your purpose. Like, don't it's just like listen to your horoscope and yeah. going, well, that doesn't apply to me, but that sounds just like me. This yeah, week. so I'm going to listen to that bit <laughs> yeah. and not worry about any of the other things. And it's, yeah, no. You can't. If you're going to get advice, and it's like if someone's going to kind of come up to you and go, do you know what? It's X, Y, and Z. Or when someone says but in a conversation, mm. there's X, but Y. Yeah. And automatically you only think from beyond the but. You don't think about the prior, and I think that's kind of what he does here. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, and he's just taking he's just taking the little pieces that suit yeah his purpose yeah. So um, I think the uh, the big thing about the ambition as well is um, that idea of the intersection between your ambition and your sense of like morality and your <laughs> yeah. morals. And I think that really and not the, losing the, sight of all the major life lesson yeah. of Macbeth is just don't lose sight of those morals because they can lead yeah. you to some pretty dark places. Yeah. Um and I think if we're talking about life lessons, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Don't sacrifice your sense of self mm. for 
Don't go murdering people. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Rule 101, don't yeah. murder someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's our yeah. number one rule for life, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, don't, yeah, don't. I just think that idea of, you know, I th- and I think when you're in um, a particular space or you're driving towards a particular thing that you are, you know, ambitiously trying to pursue. Yeah. It is still really important to think about other people and to think about the consequences of your actions and think about how things are going to play out, um, which Macbeth does a little bit. You know, he tries to envision what can happen, but he really, it's, you know, he even says at one point, you know, but nothing's going to really yeah. overtake or overleap my vaulting ambition. Mm. There's that whole kind of part of his, um, one of his little things where he's talking about that he knows in the end, he's regardless of how much he debates and how much he thinks about it and how much he worries about the, the moral side of things, his ambition is going to win out. And I think that really there, that moment of him... But then that's self-justification, isn't abs- it? It totally is. And I think like that, that is the big no-no. That's the big no <laughs> Because I can go, oh, well, you know, these are all the reasons I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. No. Because if, you're, if your gut instinct is don't do it because it's a bad decision... Listen to your gut instinct. Yeah, yeah. And if there is a niggling doubt, that's probably there for a reason. Yeah. So why don't you listen to like a trusted friend rather than three randoms who pop up? True. Out of nowhere for, I mean, (laughs) and this is the thing. It's like, you know, if you've got one really great friend who you can go, okay, does this sound? But then we can also say, do we think, well, if we think of, you know, the people that influence Macbeth or have some influence over him. Yeah. You know, Lady Mac- you can't talk about Macbeth without talking about no, Lady Macbeth as well. And no. she's really there poking the, you know, stoking the fire, but then she's poking him along. Really, she's a woman in a man's world. She is. And you she know? and she's exceptionally pragmatic. And she's, I would say that she's probably more gifted as a leader than Macbeth is. Probably. There, I know there's been a lot of discussions about yeah. Lady Macbeth kind of using Macbeth as yeah. his you know, as her way of kind of oh, yeah. sorting things out yeah. through her husband, <laughs> which, you know, no woman has ever done before. Oh, no. Much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that, you know, the person that he does seem to listen to the most is her for yeah. most of the play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think to some but extent she... people do. That's true. And it, to know? some extent she does call him on his crap yes. occasionally. Like she like, does say, you, you know... You are a weakling. Give yes, me that knife. And that's I'm right. Far out, you couldn't do it. <laughs> I'll just go sort this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there is a little bit of that. But I do, maybe, again, a bit like um, Othello, choosing the people or thinking about the choice of people that you are mm. listening to, I think is also a little bit yeah. of a moral in there. But then again, maybe he listens to her because she she feeds into what he's telling himself already. That's right. He's so, the, voice that he, the voice that he wants yeah, to hear. Yeah, he wants to hear it. Not so, the voice that but then she to. gets the blame for it. Yes, and she gets like, she quite harshly criticised, I feel, generally. Yeah. You know, there's lots. I remember even in high school mm. when we used to do topics on Macbeth. Yeah. It would always be about, you know, is Lady Macbeth the true villain of the play? Is yeah. she, you know, really responsible? Which is a great question. It's a great question because that relationship is always going to be yeah. up for debate because, again, it comes back to that ambiguity that Shakespeare leaves it yeah. open as you as the yeah. viewer or reader to kind of make up your own mind. But I do think that you're probably right in that she does, she feeds this self-obsession that he has and she feeds his ambition that already exists without her being there yeah she's just kind of adding and reinforcing the things that he wants to hear which is something that he likes to do a lot yeah just listen to the things that i want to hear not the bad side of the prophecy or the downside of but she can't retreat from that so like when she when she figures out that you know it's gone to the point where she she's not she doesn't want to be involved anymore he's so far gone 
but he's not really listening to her. No, and there is a point where she does lose yeah, that influence over that's him. That's it. And he's like, no, nah, and he's he's just, he's already, he's gone, he's left her. Mm. And he's like, no, I am, I'm the king You're of the world. We're strike out on my own. I got this, babe. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I've lost oh, the plot. Yeah. She goes, literally, well, this, is, this is really not good. Well, not literally. No. That's wrong. Well, you know. <laughs> she doesn't look. There is a very tragic like scene of her death. Her. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe she does lose yeah. the plot a yeah. little bit. Yeah. The whole imagining the blood on the hands, I think, yeah. classifies as going a little yeah. bit loopy. A little bit loopy. Yeah. And speaking of loopiness. Yes. Oh, nice segue. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah. So. Possibly one of my favourite, um, one of my favourite leading men, I would have to say. He's a great tragic figure. He is. He makes me want to reach to the pages and give him a really good shake. I know. I really, yeah. Really. Again, he's one of those characters yeah. that you love to yeah. just, just hate a little bit. Because he's just, he's a man-child. Oh. You know? And again, just. Avoid I, man-children. Yeah, I think that's the other, the other <laughs> underlying. <laughs> yeah. And just, I think also just, just a whole barrel of concerning issues wrapped up in one dude so we are obviously talking about hamlet yeah um and i think nice nice preamble but also a nice segue as well yeah um so i think you've got it you can't talk about hamlet without can we just raise the fact that he is just bizarrely obsessed with his mother's sexuality i think as well yeah there's it's a real weirdly weirdly involved uh, yeah. situation going on there but then i think could i pre- could i give him a little bit of Leeway, sure. Go for it. By saying that I think sometimes when you're grieving, your perception of the world and your reactions to things are so heightened mm. that you respond in quite inappropriate ways. Yeah, or absolutely. ways that are, you know, not rational to other people, but in your head make perfect sense. Yes. And I think there's a lot of that with and, Hamlet. And he's so, I think, so reactionary in that, that, it, that whole grief situation is just feeding this unnatural interest in his mother's sex life yeah yeah. but i have to say the fact that gertrude hooked up really after his dad died would be enough to send most people over the edge and i think i think that's the thing about hamlet is for most of the play you're like yeah dude i'm on your side because this is a bit messed up and i'm not okay with this yeah i get get this not really cool about the uncle moving in and being dead no i wouldn't be happy with that no it's just yeah (laughs) yeah i think kind of when he loses me when he has a go at um, Ophelia. Oh, and I think yeah, and, and that's got to be mean. that's the the map. I think yeah. that's the point where his character yeah. is revealed as perhaps his his anger or his frustration at the yeah. situation that he finds himself in is not justified because no. of all the characters, Ophelia has done so very little yeah. to <laughs> warrant that enormous tirade that he just launches at her. But you just sort of feel like going in the same way that you do with Desmond, say something back. Yeah. You know, call them yes. out on it. Mm. But um, there's no, there's no, no, she doesn't have that strength no, she as a doesn't. character and she doesn't have that position Or the opportunity. Either. Yeah. Or it's just, just like, like a tirade. Oh, loads it on. It's just like one insult yeah. after the other. It's like a barrage of insults. Yeah. I mean, no wonder she kind of, so, you know, basically. Better I, off without him, let's be honest. I would say if somebody spoke <laughs> like that to me, I'd be like, I would like to think, I should say, I would like to think <laughs> that I would turn around and go, do you know what? You are not worth my time. Mm. Which is, you know, ideally the feminist retake of Hamlet. But, you know, I think yeah. I think in the time that she's given and the character that she is, there's it's not, not a lot of happen. options other no. than just complete crushed, just totally crushed by his yeah. horrible, horrible things. But he, he feeds on that, that negative mm. energy that he creates. And I'm like, mm. what 
you. You're an odious human being. Well, see, I find that quite funny because when I was doing the research for this, you know, I was thinking about the fact that actually Hamlet, he's a highly educated, you know, very intelligent character. You know, so he's just returned from study, right, from being abroad. And, like, he's, you know, he's supposed to be very, and he is for a lot of the play, quite a reflective and thoughtful character. But also just atrociously indecisive. But also so wrapped up in his own own head sometimes oh. that he can't get out of his own way. Yeah. Grief notwithstanding. Yes. Oh, you just sort of think, oh, my God, you... And even people that try and help him, mm. he pushes away, which, again, you can kind of understand contextually with, you know, stuff that's going on, but you just sort of think, mm, no. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but, the, uh, but that's the procrastination. Oh, and I think he's got to be oh. the absolute just icon of... Procrastination. But again, it's sort spends of like... Spends it. 90% of the play thinking about the thing that he might or might not do. Yeah. Just so infuriating. Yeah. And I think, you know, the funny thing about Hamlet is that he's quite hesitant and decisive, but then all of a sudden he's prone to quite rash actions. It's a bit like... It is a bit like we both like you think, you think, you think, and then you go off and do some random yeah. bad thing. Yeah. That is... Totally counter oh to all God. the things that you were just thinking about and talking yeah. about before. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So that's a what not to do, I That's feel. a what not to do. Yeah, I think yeah, but I think Hamlet is really about yeah. the the danger of procrastination yeah. and hesitating too much, and the danger of acting when you're in a mental health headspace that perhaps no, no decisions should be made. No, <laughs> just yeah, don't be in charge of anything when yeah. you're in that headspace. You need to be kind of around people that love you, which I suppose Ophelia does love him. Yeah, you know, but, but he, he rejects, rejects that so violently and and unjustified. I think yeah, I, think I think that's so why too. that seems yeah. so shocking is yeah. because it's so unjustified. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that we drew out from, from Hamlet was that idea, maybe the lesson of much like, um, Macbeth is trying to strike a balance between ambition and morality. I think Hamlet is also trying to strike a bit of a balance between thought and action. Yeah. So trying to, you know, obviously, obviously any decision that you make needs to be thought through. But there's a point where you have to make that choice and you have to decide on something. Even choosing not to do something is still a choice. That's right. And I think it's that making you have to be of okay the choice. with it. It's the making of the choice yeah. that is the really important yeah. thing. And the thing I think that perhaps Hamlet doesn't do, like he doesn't really make an informed choice in spite of all of the procrastinating and thought and hesitation that has gone into mm. whether or not he does the thing that he's meant to do. Yeah. Um, and then in the end he ends up doing something that's just really... Like, but come on. Do you know what? I've, <laughs> I've written here that um, sometimes not doing what others are telling you to do mm. um, because your gut is telling you is a bad idea is a good sign that you shouldn't do it. And yes. I think he acts and you can kind of get the sense that he feels like it's the wrong thing to do but then he's got the ghost going of his father saying, well, why haven't you done this? Yes. And it's sort of like, and it sort of propels him into again, making a bad, okay, again, don't the, listen to ghosts. The supernatural element yeah. is really getting a bad rap yeah. in, in all of this. Yeah. So, yeah, don't listen to witches. Yeah. Don't listen to ghosts. Yeah. Any supernatural poltergeisty thing that's coming yeah. to harass you, just life lesson to yeah. avoid it. Avoid. Just avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if your gut instinct is not to do something, then I think pretty much go with that. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I think that's maybe... That's maybe where his character falls down so dramatically. It's that inaction is really toxic yeah. for Hamlet. Yes. And also, you know, in a way, kind of toxic for Macbeth as well. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, that idea of not doing something, being seen as, um, you know, 
unmanly and also, yeah. you know, not being decisive as, as being less than a man as well. Yeah. So I think there's a very kind of historical context, you know, framework yeah. that's working on. But I also well. think modern men are kind of expected to be quite decisive and mm. strong and clear and whatever else. And it's sort of like, well, you can, you can be strong and clear about not doing something. Yes. You know, you don't have to do a particular action just because, you know, and I, you know. Yeah, oh, I, I totally that agree. Was, yeah. And I, I was like, going to go somewhere no, else no, no. with that plan. I know, yeah, I, like, I see where you were going. But yeah. I was just going to transgress into your yeah. point about that idea of, you know, like you, like you were talking about before, grieving, maybe not the best time. No. Not the best time to be making choices or yeah. decisions. I mean, I think you can give yourself a little bit of space and then sometimes, quite often, um, a, like a, a really huge loss in your life will provoke massive life changes anyway. And that's an expected part of mm. the process for a lot of people. They sort of think, oh, okay, like, you know, um, speaking from personal experience, I did. Like there was a huge kind of – but all of those things took a little bit of time. And then you do get to that point where you're like, okay, I need to make some changes. But I think if you make – if you look back on things that you did immediately after the event – Sometimes they're like, mm, that was a little unhinged. Yes. You Maybe know? not as I'm, I'm hoping your your backstory doesn't include as unhinged as killing your uncle. Or no, something. no. But, uh, <laughs> no? Okay, good. Just and Not even, yeah. Just not checking. Even, I didn't even quite get to, I did contemplate killing someone, <laughs> oh, but it wow. wasn't an uncle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Again, it would have been a rational, a rash decision to make. True. I think murder is always rash. Murder is always Don't rash. Don't you think? It's yeah. very permanent as well. Sometimes you can I've just heard. think it and kind of get... <laughs> The satisfaction of just imagining it. Yes. Without needing to go and do it. It's taking a very dark turn, this <laughs> podcast, all of a sudden. But that's fine. Just, ex- just exploring a side of yourself, yeah. Kylie, that is yeah. going straight to the therapist. Yeah. Okay. But I did like the little list. I just wanted to read out my okay, little list. Okay, go. Of like yes. all of the things, yeah. all of the actions that happen or the things that happen in Hamlet yeah. as a result, either directly or indirectly, yeah. of his procrastination. Yeah. So this idea of like wanting to like postpone stuff and not wanting to do anything and hesitating and hesitating. So... He slays Polonius instead of Claudius. Genius. Classic, classic. Yeah. Always good to you get the idiot. wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. Get the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, Ophelia goes mad after her father is murdered and drowns. Yeah. So death of girlfriend, is yeah. that's a big one, I yeah. think. Um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dispatched by Hamlet to their deaths yeah. as well, which I think, you know, again, a little subplot that Who, could mean, have really maybe they... gone differently. <laughs> and they didn't need to die. Didn't need to no. die. Um, and then also, the big one, Hamlet's mother ends up drinking the lethal cup yeah. intended for her son, who is then fatally wounded by, by Laertes in revenge for the death of the father and the sister. So just a just an absolute <laughs> carnage of people who yeah. didn't need to be wasted unnecessarily, all because one dude couldn't get his act together and decide what the heck he was doing. But then do you blame him or do you actually blame the fact that really Claudius is responsible? Well, I suppose that's it. But and, I guess... And Hamlet's responding to that as any good son would. Well, yes, but I think... I think there's enough points on this list for us to go, well, yes, Uncle yes. said a chain of events, but Hamlet has really, like, made most of these decisions. Yes, Or has. not made the decision, or not made and then that has made it worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good I point. Just, Good point. I yeah. just think that, yeah, I think the buck stops with him is really okay. the, the moral of yeah. that story. Um, but it is that idea of that that tragic chain of events really comes from his mm. his tendency and his preference to always postpone things yeah. so i think that idea and, and that lesson of life straight into yeah and othello does the same thing even right just before oh. he kills desdemona procrastinates procrastinates i'm gonna kill you yeah 
And you're like, well, maybe we should have thought about it a bit more. Yeah. In a bit more detail. Yeah. But I think that idea of, you know, coming back to our life lessons, that idea that, you know, postponing things, procrastinating, hesitating. Yeah. There does come a point where really it's going to yeah. make everything a lot worse. Yeah. And that you can't just put things off forever. Like the most basic of yeah. life lessons. But really, yeah. I think something that all three of these men really demonstrate is that you can't just keep putting stuff off. But when they they put it off for so long that the outcome is actually really negative, whereas if they dealt with it earlier on, yes. in whatever way that they felt the need to. Yeah, because there's not as much pressure if you no. deal with it early on. The longer whereas you leave it, the worse. That's right. The longer you leave it, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Excellent cliche. Yeah. But, um, but that's totally it's what happens true. to all three yeah. of them, is that they just they wait until they feel... You know that time, so much time has passed that they have to make a decision. So they just grab at whatever yeah. choice, idea, decision yeah. seems to pop That'll into their head. Do. So and Excellent. usually, yeah. usually it's murdering yeah. someone violently. <laughs> oh look, there's a sword. Yes, quickly and a tapestry. Ah, oh, stab yeah. someone. Yeah. yeah. So I just. <laughs> All the <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking, we've got someone who's really lovely that we work with. He calls the um, the Macbeth um, killing of Duncan the stabby stabby scene. <laughs> Really? Yes. I don't think I love that. Yeah, the stabby, I love stabby that. Scene. Yeah, that's great. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's totally true. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a good sense of what happens <laughs> in that scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I think yeah, all of our lovely men just yeah, oh, so many issues, so many life lessons so there, so many things, and even things that we haven't touched on yeah. really. But ultimately, I do think it comes down to that idea of yeah. of making a choice and making sure it's a well thought out. Yeah. Not rash, you know, not yeah. like irrational last minute. Wah! I just yeah. need to kill someone. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And on that note, I think we're yeah we're gonna end it. We're there. gonna end yeah. it. Yeah. Don't kill people. Don't kill people. Is the moral don't make a rash decision after a long period of waiting around, and it's the worst possible outcome. Just never gonna work out yeah. for you. <laughs> There's never a good upshot from that situation. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Hopefully we've kept our, yeah. our free listeners for yeah. this particular Yay. week. Yeah, and look, tell your friends. Oh, yeah, please Post do. Post it on Facebook, Instagram. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Mm. Yeah. We need all the help we can get. Let's Frankly, be we do. Honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, if there are people that you think might actually enjoy this, send it on to them. Send mm. them a link. Find all of those bookish people yeah. in your life and just, yeah. just give them a polite tap Ooh, on the shoulder. Because we're on iTunes, which I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah, we are on iTunes um, now. Write us a review. A oh, nice one. Yeah, nice one. A nice one would be great. You know, yeah. We're being so selective <laughs> so in the feedback yeah. that we get. Please don't write me. Don't <laughs> like yeah, that's really going to work. A five-star review would be amazing for our for our low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> we promise we won't actually go out and kill someone if we get a... No. No. So. We're not going to enact no. any of the things that we've told ourselves not to do That's in this it. particular podcast. Yeah. But we're also on SoundCloud as well. Yep. You can search us up on there. Yep. Um, so we're slowly like starting yep. to disseminate. Yes, we are. So we've got something modern coming next time. Yes. Um, and it shouldn't be too far away. No, we're hoping to, yeah. uh, to catch up with you all very soon yes. with yeah. something a little bit yeah. less classic and a little bit more modern. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you. All right. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.